When my family and I took our annual vacation down to Florida a few weeks ago, this was our third year traveling by train. We took the Amtrak auto train the majority of the way down there. Up to that point, before we realized that was a thing or or seriously considered taking advantage of this being a thing, we, of course, drove, which is about 14 hours. And that's without stops and, and other things that might come up. So you can imagine, after a 14-hour drive, especially if, if we elected, which we usually did, to go straight through, like get up at some ungodly hour of the morning and just keep going until we were there. That that was that was how we have done it the the majority of the years that that we have traveled down there. And so this when when we learned a little bit more about my wife's parents opting for the auto train instead, they, they had been using it probably at least one year, maybe two, before we started to use it. When, when we heard more about this option, we began to think about how wonderful it would be to use this instead of making this very exhausting drive all the way down there. 14 hours, get up at like 4 or 5 in the morning to, to start this trip and then not even want to do anything once we got down there. So it, it's, this was our third year using this option. And here's here's the thing. Here here's how the auto train works. First off, you have to drive to Virginia. That that's the first thing. So there is still some driving involved. So that's about 5 hours it takes from our place in northeast Ohio over to Virginia and it's it still beats 14 hours. So, you know, that's that is what it is. And once you get there, you of course check in. You you get your tickets that that usually you have to reserve beforehand. I, I'm not even sure if there's an option to just walk in and say I'd like a ticket. Um, so we we had bought our tickets already. We go up to the desk. We get them. And at the same time, while we are getting our tickets, or really before we get our tickets, we have left our car in a receiving area with, of course, the keys inside. And then these valets proceed to get into our car and drive it onto a specially designated train car where it will travel with us down to Florida.
And so in the meantime, there, there are options for you can just get a regular old train seat. And there are also sleeper cars. Like, like a, there's a smaller version where you have seats and then you can convert the seats into beds and there's a bunk above you. Or there's a slightly larger car where, where you have a bit more leg room and you have your own bathroom. We, we have gotten the, the smaller version of this all but one year and it's been fine. There are other things, there are other cars you can go down and hang out in like a snack car and, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's not that big of a deal. So this particular year, we got there early. We usually get there early. We, we try not to get there too early so that we're not just sitting around in the train station, train station. but it is inevitable that that happens. And so I decided I was going to walk outside, as, as I usually do at some point, to just look at the surroundings, to, to check out the train itself, which is already there. And, and they're busy working on it, so they just cleaning it up, getting it ready, stocking everything that's on board that they need to stock. And, and so you're not allowed to get on for a bit. That's part of the wait. And so I inevitably go out to just look around. And this particular year, I was very interested in watching them make ready outside. Because there's a little bit of, like, they're moving cars around, not just... Not just automobile cars, but also train cars. And so I got to see a little bit of that. And in general, just looking at the little things that might be worth noticing. And there was one thing that I noticed this year that I'm sure had always been there. But it was the first time that I saw it for myself. On the side, or really the end, of every train car, there is this little reminder that is painted in bright orange so that it can't be missed. And it says, watch for pinch points. Watch for pinch points. And this intrigued me. This was, this was an interesting warning or reminder to me. I, it set my imagination in motion just to, just to tease that out. Think about, well, what sorts of pinch points should someone working in the train industry be watching for. And it turns out that there are quite a number of potential pinch points that they should be watching for. First off, what is a pinch point? It's, it's any point where it's possible for one's fingers or toes to be caught somewhere. Something is moving, 
something is coming together and and it, if you're not careful your hand or your foot is going to get caught in between those things and so you might imagine this being painted on the side of a train car you might be able to imagine at least a few pinch points that could potentially be an issue think of, think of those large heavy iron connectors that connect one car to another and the way that they the way that they interlock when one is moved into position to to catch the other this was the one this this was the potential pinch point that first came to my mind but there could be others as well if your foot is on the rail for instance and here comes a train car backing up rolling along as it does you might want to watch your foot when that is occurring but apparently as i've read a little bit about this the the train industry actually actually like flings this definition far and wide that anything that opens anything that closes anything that moves they say has the potential to be a pitch point so these can be small things like a drawer or like a lid of some kind may some some kind of a door that that opens or closes or hatches that that open and close and then after those smaller things you start to get into the big equipment like the the heavy equipment that have the potential to really do some damage if part of your body is caught in an unfortunate place as something is coming together or closing or whatever and apparently it, this this is actually a, a big hazard like th this is a very common cause of injury of even disability among those who work with trains so it's no small thing for there to be this big orange reminder on every single train car because it turns out these workers need as many reminders as they can get pinch points can be a hazardous physical issue they can also i think be a tremendous emotional or mental or spiritual issue as well if we if we think about different kinds of pinch points 
different ways that we can feel a pinch in one form or another. It doesn't have to be train-related, but it can be related to a host of other things instead. Welcome to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. So we've spent a lot of time thinking and talking so far about what a physical pinch point is. And now let's let's think about the potential that this warning may have. Watch for pinch points. What kind of an effect or, or what kind of relevance it might have for non-physical areas of our lives or of our being so again this could affect us these sorts of pinch points could apply to us mentally or emotionally or spiritually so again first off how how do we think about these sorts of things as pinch points what what would a non-physical pinch point look like or how could we define it i think that most broadly we could give this kind of a working definition at least for the purposes of like a half hour or so episode as as we are reflecting on it it would be a non-physical pinch point would be words any words, phrases, or actions that may trigger in us a particular sort of reaction. I think that, mo- that could be our most general working definition. Words, phrases, or actions that will tend to trigger in us a particular reaction now i i say that and i i think that as opposed to physical pinch points that there is certainly more room for nuance that we can apply for one thing, there there might be particular words. There, there's one set of words, phrases, or actions that maybe could be considered pretty universally causing of certain reactions. Like you you think of of having somebody getting in your face, yelling at you nose to nose you think about so somebody following you or chasing you 
that kind of thing. A any kind of immediate perceived threat like that. That that could be that could be more of a universal thing than than not. That people are more likely to react a certain way in in that situation. So so there there's this one set that that we could more generally think about. But then there is this other set that will be more individualized. There is this other set that is going to be more unique to each of us based on our own lived experience, our own background, our our own ways that we process things, the particular relationships that that have taught us or have influenced us. So, so there's this other set of pinch points that we could talk about that, that are much more for each person. They vary person to person. And, and it's actually the second set of pinch points that I want to spend more time on. So, so the, the non-physical version of watch for pinch points, I think, is watch for your own pinch points. Watch for certain words, phrases, or actions that you think or that you know might cause particular reactions within you that that might put you into a fight response flight response or freeze response that that are going to cause you to to suddenly shift in your thinking in your behavior and in your response to your surroundings so we we can talk about this 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 the, certainly, I'm not going to cover every single example or instance that that could be an, an, an a pinch point for you or for me or for anybody. But but I want to at least name a couple just to give you a general idea of of what I am talking about regarding this sort of a concept. So so I think. It, it may be that some of you are listening to this and, and you've already got examples for yourself. And, and you may even be thinking, well, this sounds like, like trauma response stuff. The, this sounds like if I'm put in a particular situation and some portion of it reminds me of a past trauma that that I have suffered that it's going to cause that to to come rushing back and I'm going to somehow relive it or react to this new situation the way that that I would have reacted or did react in the that past instance and yes in part that is one of my top examples that that is one of the top things that come to mind for me 
when when we are discussing this. So so when when we are in some kind of a situation that that reminds us of that that calls that back into our mind that that is going to likely bring a particular reaction as if you are somehow reliving what you had previously gone through that is absolutely the top of my list when when i'm talking about this stuff so so that that's that's one that's one example and and really a lot of these might relate to that it's not exclusively that but it's certainly relative to that if that is something that that you are struggling with or or that has a presence in your life in some way so 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 some of these are kind of sub subsequent to that but they could also be separate so so you think about like various what i i couldn't come up with a less clumsy term than this so environmental elements i know right that was awful what i'm talking about is you're in a particular space and there is something in that space something about that space it, it might be the vibe it might be particular items or people who are there but there is something present that you're reacting to and again that that could be a trauma response thing it could also be something that you just know is going to give you problems in some way that, that you're not going to be able to to interact with it very well that, that it's going to cause for you sadness or fear or anger or something else some, some sort of negative response so that could be a pinch point another another thing i i kind of just mentioned this but people particular you, we could we could talk the we could talk about this in general terms or we, very specific terms particular people can be pinch points for us whether it's something about the way they conduct themselves whether it's something about the way that they interact with you in particular it, it could be and again people are a big source of trauma P people are can cause all kinds of trauma uh, on on each other and so it might be that particular people like a particular person you know if they are around they are going to be a pinch point and and this can range from like outright abuse or it can range to like some coworker who's just annoying like there's something about your personality and their personality that does not mix well so there there's a range to that but people particular people can be a pinch point for us also people in general if if you're if you're an introvert or or if you have a thing about crowds if you have a thing about public spaces that 
when when there's people when there are people around or at least too many people that can be a pinch point for us that can cause a particular reaction within us i want to talk about bu button pushing and i'm mixing my metaphors here i went from a train pinch point metaphor to a pushing button metaphor but again i can't think of a better term than this that there are particular things that people can say to you or particular ways people can act toward you that that are just meant to needle you that are just meant to get under your skin that are meant to cause a reaction people when we talk about people know how to push our buttons being aware of what those buttons are first off and then from there realizing that particular people will very intentionally do something to provoke you that can be a way to think about what your pinch points are so again and and one other one that i want to talk about is our own mental reactions the way that we process things the way that we see the world around us that it's it's not just it's not just external it, it can also be we have pinch points within ourselves that is we might be aware of ways that our own anxiety our own tendencies to worry our own tendencies to experience sadness or anger or other emotions that that there are certain things that we that we certain ways we see and process the world around us and it's not necessarily sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't it's it's not necessarily any any other external thing it's just the way that we have been conditioned the way that we have internalized how to view the world and so this can also be a potential for pinch points it, it we we can refer to these as buttons our own buttons as well but but this is something else this is just our own tendencies and our own habits that we have cultivated our our own outlooks that that have been nurtured for us or that we have nurtured for ourselves this too can be a pinch point for us so the next question of course is how do we watch for them what does it mean to watch for them well as you might imagine there are various ways to do this as well
the rail industry when working with potential pinch points uses an acronym to help minimize the risk involved. And it's safe, as you might imagine it would be. And so, of course, each of these letters stands for something. It stands for stop, assess, fix, and evaluate. So, stop. So, you're, you're just taking a pause to be completely in your situation and your environment to, to look around. Assess, that is the actual looking around point that happens. And so, so you're, you're assessing the potential risks that are, are present in the particular task that you're doing. Fix, so you're going to address the potential issues that are present and then evaluate. So did this, did, did your particular fixing actually eliminate or further minimize whatever the risk was? And so th this, this is a way for those working with physical pinch points can, can further figure out what are the dangers in their line of work and to take active steps to address them. So when we talk about non-physical pinch points, when we talk about mental or emotional or spiritual pinch points, we might, we might use something like safe to, to, to translate that into the, this sort of a realm. And, and that, that, can be, that can be one way of doing it. So you stop, so you take a pause, and you're, you're looking around to assess what potential, you might say triggers, you, you might just say things that, can prov that will be provoking, provocative for you. Fixing it, that is minimizing, taking active steps to, to minimize the, the potential to experience an actual pinch and then evaluate whether that fix was appropriate or enough. So it, it's the fix that we might get caught on. Because how do you fix? How do you address a non-physical pinch point for yourself? Well, there are sev at least several options, and there may be more than the ones I'm going to name, but these may be primary among the possible ways. So the first one would be avoidance. Just avoid a situation that you think might include pinch points that might be provocative for you. Oh, so-and-so is going to be there 
and I know that that this will be a problem for me. Oh, there there are going to be other certain elements present that I know are going to have an effect on me. So it's probably better that I just don't go, that I don't put myself in that potential situation to begin with. So avoidance could be one. Another one is you you don't really know much about the situation beforehand and you show up and you realize that there there is potential here and so you walk away you just go back the way you came you you leave you remove yourself physically so that something doesn't happen mentally emotionally or spiritually so you don't get pinched that way now avoidance and walking away may be options but they might not be and so the other thing that i want to mention is when neither of those are available to you then the next step becomes or the or the next option becomes and here comes another silly clumsy phrase regulating practices that is having a handful or so at least of things that you know you can do for yourself in order to minimize the potential of a reaction so you think of simple things like like breathing exercises or you think of things like focusing on other elements that are present. There is a fairly popular or common practice of taking a moment to name five things you see, four things you hear, three things you smell, and, and so on. So, so that can be a, a calming, a cal have a calming effect on you that that's what that's pretty much what the nature of the any of these will be that that they function to calm you and to center you so that you're you're not slipping into an alternative way of being present that will be bad for you or will be bad for others and even one, another regulating practice that, that you could use is if there are others who know you and who care for you present, you might even pull them aside and say, this is happening. This is what's happening with me in response to what is happening. And I just need you to walk beside me as I experience it and as I try to navigate it. If walking away is not an option, you might even, if it is an option, you might ask somebody, hey, I need you to come with me, at least for a little bit. So, so these kinds of regulating practices, ugh, I wish I'd thought a little bit more about but it, it, it fits, so I guess that's fine. 
the, these sorts of practices that, that we can go into a situation carrying with us can help us when avoidance or walking away is not available to us. So watching for pinch points in this sense, being actively alert, aware of ourselves, aware of who we are and how we might react to particular things, either due to the way we have experienced the world at some past point or the way we currently see the world, or just knowing that that there are certain buttons that live within us that we haven't adequately dealt with, at least yet. That, that watching for these things, being aware of these things, and knowing how, at least in the short term, we will be able to deal with them and navigate through them. Well, then we might be able to lower our own chances of experiencing a pinch. Thank you for listening to the Coffee House Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including all my books, at jeffreynelson.com. You can also find me on social media, Jeffrey A. Nelson on Facebook, and I'm at Bold Roast Rev on Blue Sky, Threads, and Instagram. Have a great week.